Sweat Equity Podcast coming at you. We've got Jamie from Waterloo Washrooms. That's right. That's right. Taking a while to get here, but we got him in. Woo! Feeling good. Feeling uh, punchy. Feeling a little hungover, even though I didn't drink. That's that's old age coming in. The hungover could be the good part, though. I got my man bun on. (laughs) You got your coffee tight. That's right. Let's get going. Let's do it. Equity Podcast, if you can uh, do us a favor, go on iTunes, pause this podcast right now, pause for like 30 seconds, go on iTunes, subscribe, give us a five-star review, and then if you're really great, go tell a friend. We don't have many sponsors for this podcast. We do have one, though. Yeah. Caleb, you want to... By the way, hello, Caleb. Hey, hey, I, I didn't address How are you? you. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we've got uh, Urban Resto. Um, if you guys have been listening to the show, they've been a sponsor the past couple episodes. Um, so we really like to give them a nice plug and shout out um, at the beginning of each episode. Um, if you're not familiar with Urban Resto, go check them out. Um, you can check out their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Urban Resto Furniture. Or you can check them out on their website. It's urbanresto.com. Uh, they just do a lot of good work uh, in the realm of kind of the industrial chic, uh, farm chic, farm industrial, um, handmade furniture. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of you out there maybe some big fans of Fixer Upper and the Joe and Chip Gaines uh, revolution going on. Um, kind of think that meets a little more industrial. They can do all sorts of stuff. If you want something for your office, for your home, uh, dining room table, farm table, cabinets, anything like that. So so if you're, if you're watching this on, uh, we're, we're posting this on YouTube. We're, yep. we're streaming it live on Google Hangout as well. Come hang out with us. If you hey. want to see my beautiful man bun uh, in, its, in its glory. But the, it's not the table that we have currently <laughs> he's he's uh he's working on a table for us you mean he doesn't do molded plastic uh he doesn't do no. the white plastic table you eat crawfish on <laughs> okay because <laughs> that's right. what we're working with okay. for the last seven months uh you know i've been i i've been saying contractor's house is the worst on the block for too long kind of deal yeah but it's true though it works yeah well it's one of those things where it's like can i work on client work or our marketing or am i going to really work on our interior decor uh, at the end of the day, what we do at Tokobaga Consulting, Toko Works for short, is uh, it's all in the ether, man. It's mostly digital, so it's all. A lot of people don't even need to come in here. Um, but if you do have a question you want to, you want us to talk about on the air, on this podcast, we'd love any questions. You can email me at law at Toko Works, L A W at T O C O W O R K S dot com. You can hit up Caleb. C A L E B spells it correctly, not with That's a right. K. Don't, don't, I've seen that before. Don't give me that K I thing. I don't get uh-uh. that, man. Uh-uh. You're not Greek. C A L E B at T O C O W O R K S dot com. Or I'm going to even throw out my, my phone number. Do it. Right. Let's you can hear text it. me a question. Let's hear it. Get your pins out, people. 813 433 0403. You can text me a question. If I'm not going to repeat it, you can hit the, the back button 15 seconds. If. Uh, if you really, really feel like it. But by then, you've already subscribed to this podcast That's and right. told someone about it. And so you've given it five stars. Um, and you probably have a question about Law's Man Bun right now. So feel free to send those in. Before we got on, uh, before we heated up the mics, we were talking about Caleb's wedding. Oh, And this kind of dovetails nicely into our guest, uh, Jamie. Let him know. Let him hear you. 
Glad to be here. Of Waterloo, Waterloo washrooms. That's right. And a lot of outdoor weddings for basically Waterloo washrooms. I don't know the, the elevator pitch, so fill in what I miss. But Waterloo washrooms, basically, it's um, it's mobile mobile restrooms, but they're upscale. Uh, you're kind of taking you're taking a market that doesn't really exist uh, necessarily in the customer service aspect of it. You've got what we call a looper, which is basically mm. not a bathroom attendant because those guys you feel it makes you feel weird. Yeah. It makes you feel guilty that you're you're like, oh man, you know when you walk in a bathroom and there's a bathroom attendant. Oh yeah. Like shit, I don't have any cash. Yeah. But uh, you shouldn't have to go to the ATM before you go to the bathroom. He's gonna give me right? soap. Like yeah. I can't even get and my now own and soap to get around him. And Jolly Ranchers. Right. And then he's like gonna chalk it up. And then I have this weird thing where it's like, well, I don't carry paper money, so. <laughs> I don't even have any coins, so yeah. this is bad. Yeah. And so uh, Waterloo is about kind of changing the game a little bit in that market. Their porta potties will always kind of exist for what is needed there, construction sites, you know, one-off kind of stuff. But Waterloo is more about uh, outdoor weddings, uh, office reconstruction, festivals, festivals, tailgates, reconstruction, uh, or film and um, film and TV crews. So. What did I miss? I, I'm going really fast. So. <laughs> no, I, I think you you pretty much covered everything. I mean, it's it's a market that, for the most part, has been underserved. Yeah. Um, particularly in in where we are here in Tampa, uh, but there's been a huge boom in outdoor festivals. I mean, every weekend I feel like there's some sort of festival that's popping. Oh yeah. Up. Yeah. And I think people, uh, you know, especially if there's a VIP section, predominantly at those types of events. Uh, you know, if you're spending 100 to $200 on a pass to be at an event like that, it's kind of expected that uh, something like this is there. And, and we're just trying to fill a need. Uh, as I said, the market was underserved. There wasn't anybody based in Tampa doing it. Um, and that's kind of how we got started. Yeah. And uh, we were talking right before we got on about Caleb's got a wedding coming up. And right. this shit, I mean, <laughs> when you really think about event coordinating, it's not a muscle guys are really great at. No. But... Uh, no, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the best uh, event coordinator. Preach. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where we're just simplify it a lot of ways. And yeah. If you really want to do an outdoor wedding somewhere, a lot of venues don't have a facility to to handle bathrooms or let alone you know like a an area before you go out. Yeah. You know, like for, for for all the bridesmaids. Yeah. I've seen it where they're huddled in ten people in one room. And then they go fuck it, and like five of them go have cigarettes outside, and you can see them before they're getting ready. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of deal. So, yeah, it's it's interesting because even even some of the places where we do um, outdoor weddings, some of the wedding venues, they may only have one or two bathrooms on site. Yeah, and yeah. you know they're they're forced to come outside um, and rent something if the wedding is over a certain size number of people. So there are quite a few places where weddings take place very regularly that uh, actually require our services just because there aren't enough. Uh, facilities available. or or you're going the rustic way and there's like a yeah. lot of older buildings that just can't the pipes well that's can't handle how, that's that's kind of we've gotten man that's kind of where we are uh because we're gonna we're in this really awesome theater i'll give them a little uh shout out right now it's here in tampa it's called the rialto theater and uh what this couple did and it's not a theater like we're not going to be on stage and people are in seats and there's like an usher with a flashlight it's not that mm -hmm. type of theater mm -hmm. um but it's just a it's basically a shell of a, of a building 
um, that used to be this old historic theater here in Tampa, and a couple bought it and uh, renovated it. They do a lot of cool events. They have like an indie flea market that goes on there. What's that? Um, indie flea is uh, something that was started um, kind of like your, you know, your farmer's market, but you take away all the... Uh, kind of like the target moms that are at the farmer's market and you put it in like kind of the hands of the hipsters um, and it's all a bunch of, you know, crafted goods, uh, locally made goods. Um, and it's, it's just a really neat event. Um, and they have that there. And it, it, it's cool to see the space being being utilized in so many different ways. And it's kind of cool to think that we're going to get married in a place that has so much history um, that's been around as kind of in Tampa for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, going back, they do just have, you know, one bathroom for one guy, one for guys, one for girls. We're going to fit 200, hopefully no more than 200 people in this building. And something that is just so primal and ingrained in us when we're drinking and eating, guess what? You're going to have to go to the bathroom. Right. I mean, uh, it's something that everybody does. And um, you, you, you want it to be adequate enough to, to be able to, you know, meet everybody's needs. And, and, and not just in a way that's, okay, it gets the job done. It more than gets the job done. Enter Waterloo washrooms. You know, it's something that even when there's existing bathrooms, you can still come in and yeah. you can kind of up the ante. Yeah. And that's and that's really nice that uh, something that they're able to provide. So um, so, yeah, it doesn't have to just be, you know, we, we don't have a bathroom to use. It just could be we need more bathrooms and we need nice ones. We don't want people you know, we don't want blue porta potties at outside of a wedding being like, oh, yeah, if any case uh, in case you guys have to like be in poop. Just use the uh, the blue porta potty there. It's gonna you're gonna really like it. Yeah, you'll see all the way through to the floor. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. be be sure to take a selfie in there. Use the hashtag. It's gonna be great. Right, so, right. No. You can see what Uncle Frank dropped off before you got in there. <laughs> uh, he yeah, he got really loaded last night and then got taco bus and decided to just go crazy in there. Yeah, it it's one of those things where it's not. It's uh, it, you're feeling it. You're feeling a gap, and that's like kind of business one on one. This was a startup last summer. Really, right? I mean, the story I have, and y- you know this, uh, and it dovetails kind of nicely into kind of talking about how you got into this, is you talked to me maybe in May or June, and I was working with another firm, uh, Tokubaga Consulting, didn't exist yet necessarily, um, and the firm I was with, I told him about, hey, I've got a really good friend of mine, um, he's got this idea, he needs help on the digital side, with a lot of filling in gaps, we're filling in a lot of gaps, like you're filling in a lot of gaps for people that need bathrooms, you know, a, a, in areas where they might not have one. And so I remember getting in this like kind of kind of argument. I'm not going to name names or any of that, but I was like, well, wait, do you not just like this because it's a bathroom? And that that was kind of the squabble. I was like, this could be a great business. This could be a thi- and now y'all have become our anchor story. When you do a lot of uh, digital consulting, you need like anchor clients that I can point to and I can go, okay, you can call Jamie, ask him what we've done for him, ask him how quick we were uh, to come up with the branding and kind of be able to, uh, and still working on being a better communicator on what the digital landscape's like, but also why branding's important, all this stuff. And it's really funny, it's like, I ran into the guy that I used to work with, and uh, he, he was like, how's it going? And I was like, great. You really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you really <laughs> fucked up. Like, this would have been a great client. This could have been a huge client for y'all, but you just, d- okay. Yeah. So it was kind of like your Jerry Maguire moment. You're you're my Rod Tidwell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Jamie, let me ask you this. I mean, it, it, 
you guys feel such a such a great need um you know with a lot of these different events that go on but I mean, if you can tell everybody how this kind of came about and maybe if there is that one moment where maybe you were taking a leak in a porta potty, you're like, this is just ridiculous. And, and, and how, how did that kind of come about? And um, from there, maybe you can go into kind of how the wheels kind of got in motion with this thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, first of all, I'm I've always known that I wanted to, uh, you know, run a business and I spent uh, the better part of of a decade in sales working for some large companies and uh, it was awesome, made great money yeah. and incredible opportunities, but wanted to do something that created a more flexible life for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of been a blue collar guy at heart. Yeah. And w- my experience has been in the, you know, the consulting world and sales. And I've, I kind of found that there was a, there was a gap in industries and businesses that are traditionally blue collar and mm-hmm. that they are they're not taking a consultative uh, approach to their business um, a lot of them wait for the phone to ring they're not proactive and I kind of felt that if I could find an, something that was in an industry that uh, fit that that mold uh, then I could add uh, as I as I mentioned a more consultative approach and, and kind of a white collar spin on, yeah. on something like that and and it wasn't until last February, my brother got married outside and they had to rent one of these, Mm -hmm. uh, restroom trailers. Uh, and it was from a company based in South Florida. And I was wondering why they had to go all the way to South Florida to, to do something like that. And, uh, that's kind of what led me to discover there wasn't anybody actually based in Tampa that did this. Yeah. So, uh, we did some research and met with a couple of manufacturers that, that make these trailers Mm -hmm. and decided to just jump in. And, And I think that's when I reached out to law and, we started discussing uh, the name of the company, branding, uh, and getting the ball moving. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, you, you and uh, let me uh, kind of. I'm not blowing smoke, but what makes y'all you and uh, and your wife? Because uh, it's a mom and pop operation currently. Uh, as we're recording this, could, <laughs> could be different down the line as if you listen to this a year from now. But yeah. um, what makes y'all great clients is you go. I know what I know on this side, so. I, you don't have the ego a lot of people have. I deal with a lot of clients now that are like, hey, I've been doing this for 30 years. And it's like, yeah, but you're telling me to give you design that's horrible. You you <laughs> want what you've been doing that worked in the 90s. It doesn't work today. I, this 3D design you want us to do, it sucks. That's not, gonna, that's not contemporary. You should go with a flat logo. And they're like, well, what do you know? And then, you know, then I'm, I'm wasting a lot of time. You came at it. You come at it like I come at a lot of stuff, which is like, if I don't know this, I'm going to ask, <laughs> which seems like pretty, pretty elementary. But you think it's pretty basic. But a lot of people just don't do that. Yeah, there, there is a, there is a, uh, like a little bit of a gap there, between people who, they may think they know what they want, or and maybe they don't, but they'll come at you kind of with a front, like, you know, here, here's what we want to do, here's how we want to go about it, and it's kind of like, are you, are you making this up as we go? Like that does isn't conducive to doing this thing successfully so the fact for for jamie to come in and be like here's what we know we want your help with what you know and and collaborate on that i think that i mean hopefully that's a recipe for success and i think so far it has been yeah i mean it's what i know how to do is pick up the phone um you know and and ask somebody if i can just discuss my product or service with them right and that's really what i am, am very good at yeah and what i was not very good at is the branding uh, and and what it is that you do, and I, well, and to 
my uh, my business partner Josh Spinar, he does the creative, he does the branding and design, and uh, and I had to ask questions when we first started because I'm like, well, how does that, how does this work like this, and how do you see this, and uh, show me your like, show me your ways, like I need to know like, <laughs> uh, what's your process? How are you? Because he came up with the branding in like three days, which is uh, almost like unheard of for creatives. They're they're not. They're not really on top of the ball. He came up with a name, maybe, or uh, it was the leader in the clubhouse at some point, and did the did the logo and the insignia was what was really great. You take the W and the L from the Waterloo name, and he kind of slanted the L on the right side of the W, but then you could also use the W and the M for the women's and men's, and it had a scalability that was kind of yeah. unrecognized and I unforeseen by me. You know, you, you know good design when you see it, but sometimes it's really hard to articulate it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things where you were like, hey, man, I'm going to handle operations. I'm going to, oh, you know, this is this is our this is what we're doing. This is the family. This is the family business. And this is what we're doing. Uh, Y'all fill in the gaps on the online side. Tell me what it was like. I think when we first talked, you were like, "Hey, we got we got one of these these guys coming down from the manufacturer in two months," <laughs> <laughs> and like so so talk about from from the time of the wedding to I guess you know until that first that fir- first part of your fleet came in, what 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 happened what what happened in that time? I think the idea of this podcast is really like tell people, "Hey, you're doing an entrepreneurial venture." It's not really, it, it's it's sexy in the th- in the sense that it's American. You got to do. You go. I have an idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I want to do this. I feel like it's viable. I'm gonna do it. But what we want to talk about is the the pragmatic kind of stuff you learned from idea to to getting this going. Yeah, so I, I think first I'm going to throw a little quote at you here. Okay. And you're probably going to make fun of me for it. It's probably Bobby Bowden? It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not from Coach Bowden. Okay, Coach Bowden, sorry. Pastor Coach Bowden. Um, it's, it's a Thomas Edison quote. Okay. And it's, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. Hmm. Is, did he steal that from Tesla? <laughs> I, th- I love this quote because it's yeah. really what I'm all about. And I know this is kind of a roundabout way to answer your question. No, but no. I, look, I was about to run out of steam. I just kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm all about uh, blue-collar businesses. And if there's a way to add um, technology to make them more efficient and streamlined yep. and, and sexier, if you will, <laughs> then I think that's what can give you a competitive edge. Yep. And that's what I saw as, as one of the main opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's it's There's really you know nothing crazy about this business it's a it's a portable toilet yeah uh, but how yeah. can we how can we make it look different mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons that i came to you mm-hmm. um so that first couple of months before we actually got the trailers that's when you know when we got the website up and that's kind of when everything was was starting to be you know real and i spent uh, almost eight weeks picking up the phone and calling every wedding planner event planner festival organizer, joining associations, uh, doing everything I could just to get my name into the community with what I'm doing, um, you know, with the the premise that I won't have trailers until I think it was September 1st, 2015. Hmm. And that's something I really admire about this whole process with you is I don't have that good, um, 
Uh, we 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 all in this room believe that everybody's a salesman. Uh, you everybody is whatever job you're doing, even if it's not in sales, you you are a salesman. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. There's a good Harvard uh, Business Review case study about it. It's one of my favorite things I read in business school. But uh, because even if you're in, uh, you're stuck in a, some kind of corporate job where you're just doing work for middle management. You're still selling the idea of you doing the work to your manager, mm-hmm. improving your value and all that stuff. So there's always some kind of transaction of sorts. I think what I I definitely used to struggle with a lot worse, I'm better at it now, is getting out there and grinding and going and meeting people and, and shaking hands and really developing those relationships um, and rolling calls. You know, I, we, we were taught, we laughed about it. At one point, I remember I worked for an air purifier company. I had to call. I'd wake up, get in Salesforce. I probably call about thirty-five doctors' offices a day. Mm-hmm. Air, uh, allergy, yeah, real f- fucking exciting shit. Uh, <laughs> and just roll calls all morning until I was done. And uh, and I had to parcel them out. Start in the East Coast. All right, get a little break, and then as it went on throughout the day. Yeah. So I think what what's really great about what you've done is you have immersed yourself in a lot of you go look i don't know i don't know the event wedder, we, event coordinator or wedding coordinator community but I, i'm going to figure it out yeah you know well that that's the thing is that you don't have to be an expert in that and, right and what i knew how to do was um try to create a relationship foster it and maintain it and i think that you can apply that to any industry any business and if you're providing a service or a product you know the goal should be to uh, be able to have the the most exceptional customer service, and that, I think that term gets thrown thrown around a little bit too loosely. What do you mean? Just customer service. No, no, but I'm like examples. Uh, so for me, for me, it's it's ain't radio. We can get we can get long form with it. <laughs> I, no, I agree with you. I just want to want to see what your thoughts are. I think customer service is often overlooked. Yeah, and it it really is the beacon of your company. Well, you know? he, here's my example. If I work really hard to bring on, say, a big festival or an event mm-hmm. that's held on an annual basis, mm-hmm. it would be very, very stupid of me to not foster that relationship yep. so that I know that I can I can hopefully rely on having that event again next year. Mm-hmm. So to me, the customer service aspect of my business is making sure that everything is done properly, expectations are exceeded, so that I'm developing real, lasting relationships with my customers, mm-hmm. uh, because not everybody's going to going to rent one of these restroom trailers from me, uh, you know, more than once. Mm-hmm. But it's those big events that happen on an annual basis where there's people who you can you get to know in this industry, and and the goal is to to really really uh, develop something that they they trust what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm almost an extension of their planning and their organization. Yeah. yeah, it needs to be seamless. So when I say customer service. My goal is to essentially be an afterthought right. when they're planning their event. And I think you lo- – oh, go ahead. No, no. Well, I, I was just going to say I think it's um, it's customer service versus customer experience, right? I think that's kind of what what customer service has become these days. It's not so much – I mean, there is something to, um, you know, is this guy going to pick up the phone when I call? Uh, I mean, in, in my job, I've had people call me. As soon as I've left an office, I've gotten a phone call. Hey, this is Caleb. Hey, you were just in the office. Just want to see if I called you if you'd answer. Okay. Oh, like, really? Shit. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, because I tell him I have my phone on me at all times. Call me if any, you, you need me a question, anything. He's like, I'll call your so, bluff. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's call this guy right now. Yeah. So um, I, I think, uh, but the part of customer experience is two-sided for you guys. 
because these festivals are your clients and customers, but they have their clients and customers who are the, the festival goers who are out there getting an experience. And what their experience is like is going to dictate if that company uses you again mixed with what the, the festivals, people running the festivals experience is like working with you. And that's one of the reasons that um, I know Laura earlier mentioned that we have a looper. Mm-hmm. And so for every one of our events, I have a somebody from my staff on site at the event to make sure that as you mentioned, the experience exactly. is exactly what it's supposed to be um, and what I've set it out to be mm-hmm. so that, you know, everything is clean and perfect throughout the event. Yeah. And because uh, you're exactly right. Um, you know, it's the people who are using the, the facilities throughout the event right. who are going to really determine whether or not I'm welcome back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think I just wanted to bring that up with, you know, customer exper- experience versus customer service and how it's that uh, to me. And, you know, I just wanted to get, you know, your thoughts on that, what you gave is that, yeah, that's what we're, you know, people are seeing these days, especially when you're in this kind of, you're providing a product, but you're, it's more so a service than, than a product. Um, so just that that experience versus that service is actually probably a little bit greater. Well, and I think we're seeing a resurgence of, I think you're going to see in the service industries, you're going to see kind of a resurgence of the people who do the business well in the service industry are going to be the people that focus on this and it doesn't take a lot you know it takes it takes effort for sure uh i went and win dixie before i came over here i was trying to get beer and you could just <laughs> all i could think about they wouldn't let me before 11 a.m on a sunday what the fuck yeah but uh what I, all i could think about was like why is win dixie so shitty like why is this so shitty well the thing i mean i, I think it's one of the <laughs> It's almost like I don't I don't know when Dixie's product. I mean, we have where we are in, in the part of the country. We have a place called Publix and Publix. Did that Dave Matthews band, Dave Matthews, uh, because of when Dixie movie, did it fuck it up forever? I, I don't, don't know, I man. Don't know. <laughs> it's a I, deep pull. I, I don't know. I don't know what it, what it is, but it's it's kind of you know everything at Win Dixie just seems to be subpar, like the uh, product wise and like. Fo- Food, like their meats, don't really seem to be that good. They're, a lot of the stuff they have just kind of seems to be subpar. And there's a there's a brand in a market that there there's a place for them to play. You know where 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 it works for them. But well, why, why you would you think you would think having something like that, yeah, saying man, you know, we're a little bit lesser of a store compared to our competitors. The least we can do is sell some beer, you know, to people on <laughs> do something a little bit different. They're, you they're, know, differentiate a little bit. And well, their model is product based, so maybe this isn't the best one for one example. But yeah, I I, w- I just look at it, I was like, why are people at Trader Joe's so much more pumped? Take Win Dixie out of it. Why are the people at Trader Joe's so much better than the people at Whole Foods? Well, why why are Whole Foods people? I feel like I'm gonna get in some entitlement argument. Uh, because there's a the fucking guy wearing a beanie when it's 90 <laughs> degrees in Florida, and I'm try- just trying to get some raw almonds and uh, and some real fruit. Just and want stuff. some skinless almonds. Yeah, guys. I just want some ginger beer and want to get out of there. But it's one of those things where I feel like at Trader Joe's they they are so much more fired up to be there. They know it's not the best job in the world, but how do you, I don't know it, it, that kind of service over the top kind of does does push it i know those are premium on what you pay yeah. for their products but still how does Publix, a lesser one how do they get people fired up and well the the for my business um i have some competitors that essentially travel around and just drop trailers off around the state in the southeast for events yeah a lot of times they're subcontractors through porta potty companies or um you know other major event consulting companies 
and there's not a personal touch there. Oh, we did our market research, and we we're like, no one around the country is really doing this well. Yeah, no one. It's I, fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the key for any business, even if it is a national business, your your locations where where you have offices need to be involved in the community in some way. Yep, hundred percent. And if you're doing business somewhere, there needs to be some sort of give back to mm-hmm. that community. And it doesn't have to be huge, but you need to be involved, even right. if you're not headquartered there. And I think that's one of the things that makes us a little bit different is our commitment to doing that. I want the community to know who Waterloo is. Yeah. Even if we're doing business in Orlando and it's not our headquarters, I want them to know who Waterloo is. If and if they don't, then I'm not doing my job. And to be honest, um, you know, it means that we're not standing out. Well, uh, one thing I failed to mention at the top of the show is that Waterloo does give 10% of the revenue back into the community that they're in. So, wow. uh, yeah, that's, that's no, uh, that's no small feat. Yeah. And it, you know, while it is, we're kind of cut from the same cloth and the same, we, we donate our services, um, for, for a few charities, for Nefcure, there's one big pig jig event, and y'all were a part of that too. Y'all donated your services for that. Uh, we donate time for Aquila Institute for Women. Now, it's one of those things. We're uh, we're also donating. We're also sponsoring Fuck Up Nights, which is an event at the Rialto Theater, yep. where entrepreneurs get up and talk about how they fucked up. Uh, and it's one of those things where we don't have to do any of that stuff. We don't have to do any of it. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, almost in a in a selfish way for us, it's it. We know it's going to be a positive thing, and I, I'm kind of in that belief that a lot of charity. You do a lot of charity. It's called. I think it's called psychological egoism, where you're doing it just to feel better. You're like, look at me. Yeah. I went to Habitat for Humanity today. Look at <laughs> I'm a pretty good human. Like, <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and business wise, I think you, you can have that same aspect. It doesn't matter at the, uh, on the other side of the coin, w- you know, they're still getting the charity part of it. Yeah. And so, or whatever is in need. So I think, I think having that, I think CSR's corporate social responsibility has kind of been a fucked out term because mm-hmm. it, it like, like branding, or marketing it's just so elastic it can mean so many things but i do y'all have that embedded in your business plan like we do so if we didn't have the pig jig or aquila or fuck up nights we would probably find another charity and go hey let us help you out and i think when we started when we started talks about when y'all started up you go we want to do this we want to be involved in our community because it's the community that gives back to us is that i mean yeah absolutely and and i think you know, if we want, um, if we want the, the community, as I think the way that you just phrased it, uh, we want to give back to the community that is uh, helping our business grow. Yeah. And, you know, obviously right now that's predominantly the greater Tampa Bay area. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, as I mentioned, you know, if we do and when we do start to get into other, um, you know, geographical areas, that's still going to be a huge focal point. Um, right. It's, it's, it's not going to change just because we're driving – you know, uh, 70 miles down I-4 to Orlando. Right, right. And uh, I've, I've been part of franchise companies and consulting for that. And I tell them, don't, I don't think you're going to get a lot of mileage. And this is the douchebag marketing side of it, what I think about it. But it's like, I don't think you get a lot of mileage. Let's say you're a big franchise. You got your phone there, Caleb? <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's working now. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, it's one of those things where, like, uh, if you're Chipotle, I I don't think it it 
you could do a national branded charity like Komen for the Cure or something like that. I don't know. I'm th- I'm trying to think of so- whoever they donate to. I think you get a lot more out of it if you really go tell every general manager or franchise owner, "Hey, you're in the you're in the Poughkeepsie market. I want you to find something truly uh, for this market, for the community, you know, f- yeah. around within five miles of this location." Because I want that, I think you get more out of that, and I think the community does too. Well, and I think that you know when you're when you go into a say a new market to ex- expansion, you know you're going to be doing everything and anything you can to grow business there. And one of the the easiest ways to do that, obviously, is networking with people. And I remember in one of my uh, previous um, uh, one of my previous employers, my boss used to just used to tell me, ask your clients what they're involved in. Yeah. Just ask them, and and that's a great way to get to know them, get to know where, where their interests are, and you know there could be an overlap there. Yeah, and I think that that's something that we we will and have done in order to help us grow is just learning where we can make an impact um, in that aspect, and I think that will resonate. You know, as we as we do grow, it'll make it easier for us to kind of plant ourselves in new communities where I maybe don't have as many contacts. Yeah, and if you. Uh if you were going to, okay, so switching gears a little bit, if you were going to give advice to anybody that wanted to start up a business, let's say uh, out of college, maybe they're a year or two in to what they're doing, they hate what they're doing, what what would you, let's say they're 24, they work in an office job, they don't like what they're doing, what, what advice would you kind of give? Well, first of all, I think when you're 22, you think you know everything. <laughs> and when you're 30, you realize you don't know anything. <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> and at the very least, you you know what you're good at and and what you probably need to outsource if you're going to be doing starting a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to somebody, you know, if I look back at myself at age 22, 23, 24, you know, I, I hated it at the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful that I cut my teeth, uh, you know, learning how to just pick up the phone and, and uh, just grind through a f- essentially a phone book making cold calls because yeah. mm-hmm. I think it doesn't matter what business you start, you're going to have to try to sell. Yeah. And to answer your question about what advice I'd give, it's just not being afraid to put yourself out there. Yeah. You can, you can't do it halfway. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, it has to be all in and you have to, uh, you know, I keep using the, the term picking up the phone, but that's honestly what will make every business start. Right. You have to, you have to make people know um, that you're there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, so uh, to kind of kind of circle back to something you said earlier, and I have a quick question. You know, you said you didn't get the your first like your first trailers with with the washroom, something complete that you could put out there and finally provide service with until September 1st of 2015. When did you start making your calls to to, to companies just to kind of get on their radar? And hey, I don't have a washroom right now, but we will. And I want to introduce myself now. Well, I think we I think we launched the website on. I believe July first. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Okay. So, so much stuff has happened since then. And there was there was a lot of administrative things that happened to lead up to that point where yeah. we felt you know getting all of our uh, you know getting Salesforce up and running so that I can make sure I'm documenting everything properly and just the banking and all of that. But you know for two months, um, you know I pretended that I had trailers. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't tell people and that I. I that I didn't have trailers And I yet. think, and that's something I wanted to kind of circle back around because it pertains to exactly what you're, you're bringing up now, is that 
for two months, you didn't have a product, <laughs> but you were selling that product and the, service. The asset for the service. Okay, so so it's one of those things where, you know, in a in a in a world we live in now, where it is so easy and there are so many excuses not to do something, you found, um, you know, or you just had that drive to, I'm gonna go make this happen. And if they need a washroom now, I'm flattered, and and that and that's a great sign. But hey, we don't have it now. But in se- come September first, when we do, man, g- give us a ring. Well, you know, and I, I think that's I think that's inc- in- invaluable, man. I think that's incredible. It's you. You bring up a good point, and actually, it did it happened quite a bit in that first eight weeks. That's um, an amazing problem to have. You know, whether it was uh, some events that were happening around that time period, or um, you know, some weddings or outdoor uh, private parties, I had quite a bit of interest, and there was needs. Yeah. During that time period, yeah. um, you know, and, and I told them, I'm so sorry, I don't have a trailer available for that. Like the funny thing about that is, um, but yeah, you know, but you know what I did? I spun it. Exactly. And, and I said, well, and that's me, what you do in sales. Let me find you a trailer. Yeah. And I had a couple contacts that, um, of some people around the state that, that do have trailers that I introduced myself to, um, because I, I knew that at some point I may stumble across some, some events that needed uh, more than I had, so I wanted to make sure that I had those relationships Absolutely. in place. Um, Which, it, to a lot of people that don't have a lot of experience, you know, running running sales, running their own company, it, you to me, it's almost like a, a law firm would do. It sounds counterintuitive to go to your competition technically and go, "Hey, you know, I I, I might need you for something in the future, but uh, or I, and I might give you this business right now that I can't take on myself." It sounds it sounds insane, but it does come back to help you because they they yeah. have coverage issues too. Exactly. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier about you know having more of a consultative approach, mm-hmm. and you know I, I want to sit down. My goal every time that I meet a new potential customer is to have a discussion about their event, really learn what the needs are, and again, it's just a restroom. Yeah. But taking the time to have that conversation and treating it. Uh, you know, a little bit differently than maybe they expected. Yeah. Um, is is what makes uh, you know Waterloo stand out. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I think that that's what I wanted to do during that first two months was establish, um, you know, that mindset. And that's why I help people find trailers, even though I didn't have any. And as much as it sucked to <laughs> make have somebody else make money off of my work. Right. Um. You know, it was there was some validation to hearing from them. Thank you so much for you didn't have to do that. And um, I think that that was, like I said, some validation that our approach to a this industry um, is it was working. And it probably gave you a peek on what other people, other established businesses have been doing for a while. To be honest, they're they're just waiting for the phone to ring, <laughs> and th- and that's that's what we found yeah. as a the, the opportunity. They're like cops. They're just they're, <laughs> they're s- not real detectives. <laughs> that are going out there and doing shit. They're, they're waiting. You know, and that doesn't mean that some of them don't have good relationships with events because they just happen to have done them year in year out. But yeah. Nobody was as outbound as we were from day one. Yeah, and it's such a localized strategy for most of the competition. They go, well, we've got this market cornered. No one else can do it. So it makes sense because they have 99% of the market share wherever they are usually. So it doesn't matter. And I'm not – and I think, Caleb, you mentioned this in in one of your other podcasts about being the guy at a networking event running around handing out business cards. Yeah, well, introducing yourself with the business card, right? Yeah. That's that's absolutely not what we what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you nice. know, a lot of it is is uh, you know Law and Josh and Caleb's work. Um, you know, making sure that our web presence was 
superior to anybody else that would even be remotely close to us in this industry. So yeah. that's a huge part of it. And uh, what I'm, uh, I wanted to bring up earlier is like your good customer service. Uh, you may not get the, the event this year because it was too early. Uh, you didn't make those relationships yet, but you're going to get it down the line. And you know, just like you're saying about a music festival, hey, uh, I might have coverage. I might have to get pull in another guy, but I'm going to be the point man. I'm going to be the doing all the ad- administrative logistics. Everybody that I talk to that's an event coordinator with this with this festival, they're going to have a good experience, uh, and all for their festival goers. And so, what I'm saying is, good work begets more work. Yeah. And so, in that respect. We've gotten a lot of leads just by doing a good, clean website for you. It's brought in leads for us because they're like, they'll ask you, who does your website? I don't. We don't have to put our name at the bottom of the website, which is fucking insane, yeah. people. All right? Yeah. People out there, if, if someone makes your website, don't let them fucking tag it at the bottom. I don't understand that. But anyway, good work begets good work. And you and I have a similar thought path that we're in a service industry, but we're in it for the long haul. You know, this first year is going to suck. It's going to be tough. We're going to probably work more hours than ever. And you've got a you've got a newborn. <laughs> How old is he? He's just over seven months. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that counts as a newborn. Yeah, is that? I don't know what the Pro- what, uh, <laughs> baby. I don't, I don't actually know. Uh, yeah, baby infant. Your, is your car new after seven months? Small Baby's human. New. Small human. You have to take care of all the time. That's right. And, and so, this is probably you're probably working the most hours you ever have in your life. And I was talking to Caleb about this the other day. Is like, I saw a speaker talk about, you know, successful people. And I told Caleb, like, every about six to nine months, my stress level, I don't think I can work any harder than I have been or and or be stressed out more than I ever have been. And then uh, it, it I'll get to a point and then a new set of, and then another set comes ahead. So I saw a speaker talk about, successful people and they'll make they'll make uh they make a motive to like i'm going to work on my spiritual life and i'm going to try to get that to a 10 or my financial or my marriage or uh my family or uh, our business or uh, physical i'm going to get to a 10 then once they get to a 10 a new set of downs moving the chains a new set of like a new set of uh football downs. so for example for those of you listening it's um, an example could be right now you're trying to get out of debt. Once you're out of debt, the next set of downs is trying to obtain wealth. Yeah. Okay. Or trying to now have a savings. Uh, account. Yeah. Sa- save money. Yeah. And then from saving money is making your money work for you. So there's a it's a it's a total new set of downs with everything that you you end up achieving. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that what I've learned is you can't hit home runs. Yeah. Every time you're at the plate, yeah. you know, you need in order to keep the lights on in your business, you need the singles and doubles. And when you can. When you can uh, get something that's a little bit more substantial, it's it's just that much sweeter. So to answer, yeah. to kind of follow up on your question earlier about advice, I'd give even myself at 22 or 23 if I was starting a business, mm-hmm. um, and I'm very good at it now. But it's documenting if I, if I reach out to somebody and they say, "Hey, you know what? We already have somebody for this year," making sure you document that because if if you wait till the very the, the same time the next year, the chances of you actually getting them to to use you for whatever product or service it is that you have uh-huh. um, are slim. I'm, well, cr- I'm crazy about and, it. And I, I think I'd set reminders. Hey, follow up with this person. They yeah. said, hey, when they say call me in, uh, call me in April, I make a reminder immediately. And 
I, I think it's almost kind of backfiring a little bit because they think yeah. like it almost sounds. I think they think I'm like desperate on the other side or something like that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I'm just. I you told me to call April first. I will call you April first, yeah. nine a.m. Like it's one of those things. And then the people who appreciate it, they get it. They understand it. It's it's easy to get overwhelmed. And I and I will say that it was from starting something from nothing. Um, you know, every day was finding, you know, there was a new rabbit hole to crawl into because there's, there's a new industry or a new territory or new event. So it was, uh, staying organized Mm -hmm. and managing, uh, what my day was going to look like for that first eight weeks before I actually had, um, you know, deliveries and events actually taking place. Yeah. That was, that was very, very important. You know, I needed to make sure I documented everything and, 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 and that includes follow-ups. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, kind of getting back to what you know what Jamie was saying, you know, I- in sales, I think it's really important to um, to to be okay, not be okay, but to start with being someone's number two. I think if somebody has a great relationship, they have somebody they're using. It is your job to inform them and sell them on on why why you're better, what what you can provide that's going to help their their business, uh, uh, you know, work, you know, more consistently and more efficiently and effectively. But if they say, no, we've got somebody, we're happy with them, I'm not a big believer in, in the hard sale. Um, I find that people who are more aggressive with their sales, you're going to tend to leave a bad taste in, in people's mouths and they're just not going to, they don't want to be around you necessarily. But telling somebody, hey, man, you know, that that's fine. You know, you've got a company you use. Well, you know, think of us down the road. I'd, I'd love to be your, your number two option. You know, and that kind of gives them, that gives them reason to still to still give you a shout and for you to still follow up with them instead of okay sounds good it's like hey I'll, you know follow up with us in april it's like i'll follow up with you in april but you know let me let me be your number two well you bring up a good point and and there's a slippery slope that i think when you're when you're starting out a business that you can fall into and it applies to anything but it's you know if you live by the sword you die by the sword and mm-hmm. in a situation like that especially in a new business where you're just desperate for revenue and opportunity it'd be very easy to give away the farm mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, like I said, live by the sword, die by the sword. If you're not providing any value and you're and you're just coming across as desperate to get a sale, oh yeah, and even and it could be a hard sale. Yep. Um, the the way that you got in is most likely the way that you're going to lose that business on the back end. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's very important, like you said, to it's okay to be somebody's number two, yeah. and and learn how That's to. That's all, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, for audio, no. For, yeah, if, yeah, if any if anyone's listening, it doesn't it doesn't matter who we looked at for, for anyone watching, and and as long as and that's the thing, as long as it just gets said and we're having the conversation, that's what mainly mainly matters. So. Well, if you look at if you look at a lot of uh, you know professional athletes and they're looking for new contracts and they know where they stack up against you know each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, in maybe their position, and they know that if they want the big contract, they know what they need to do to be the number one. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm all right right now. At least I know where I'm at. Well, yeah, and I, I think we have this thing in our, in our mind, just maybe it's, it's the state of, you know, that, that America's in or whatever. I don't know the underlying purpose, but you're always, you're always brought up being, I want to be, be number one. I need to win. I need to win. Mm-hmm. Winning in business is a long-term, very long-term thing. It's, it's golf. Yeah, exactly. This is not something that, you know, you need, like Jamie said, you have to relish in these small victories. You have to hit singles and doubles. Um, last time I checked, doubles still win baseball games. So do singles. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not something 
every game doesn't have to end on a walk off home run. Okay, I'll, every game's I'll, not one on home run. I'll take each row. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's all day. It's it's and it's just one of those things that you have to come to grips with, and you have to understand that while you may have a conversation that you didn't walk out of there with a sale you may have walked out of there with a sale down the road, mm -hmm. okay? And we don't know the future. You can't see the future, but you've got to believe that, right? You've got to believe that you've put yourself in a position to succeed. Maybe not today. Maybe you didn't walk out of that sale, but who knows what's going to happen in one week, one month, one year. Hopefully, you're going to be at that festival. Hopefully, you're going to be, you know, contracted with that wedding planner, even though you're not right now. So I think everything you do matters. And, you know, it's, it's tough because a lot of people, they just say, oh, man, well, we had a crappy month. You don't know what's going to happen next month. You don't know what your PL is going to look like, you know, in the next quarter. So it's just one of those things to keep at it and understand you have to have those small victories to move forward. Well, yeah, and I think I mean y'all know this as as running businesses yourself. It, it can be a it can be a very lonely uh, <laughs> good lord, you know, yeah, type yeah. of, you know, situation because you know you're not you, you really don't have a team. You start talking right. to volleyballs with faces painted on them and uh, shit. It's you yeah. <laughs> your 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 work is and what you put in is what you're you know that's that's what determines how well you're going to do and we we would meet every wednesday until we couldn't either but it kind of worked out both of us just got so busy but it was cathartic to go hey i had this idea uh what do you think about this and we'd spitball ideas uh to get waterloo to that next level kind of thing and we noticed you noticed you noticed something when you're talking to people the website was supposed to be our sales advice right but yeah so many people are old school that they want that piece of paper. They want something tangible in their hand because they don't believe it if it's just a website. You're just a new guy, new person in their face. So it's yeah. like we got to get a folder. We got to get we got to get some elements to give to them to leave behind. You yeah. know, like a like a hook like a chick that hooked up with you <laughs> left something behind on purpose. Be like, hey, uh, my sweater's there. Dirty, dirty girls. Never happened to me. <laughs> well, I, I my think, roommates, yes. I think traditional marketing is, is traditional, called traditional for a reason, right? It's because it's, it's been around, it's proved the test of time, and it continues to work. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being a newer age company, but ha reverting back to, to paper. You know, there's there's companies that do really, really well uh, with their advertising uh, of just having a sandwich board outside their, their storefront. You yeah. know what I mean? And th I'm sure there's a little more that they do, but... To a lot of people, I mean, those calls that you're making, it, whatever works for them, you need to be ready to provide. Well, the marketing part of that is like you're going to do 15 different things. Yeah. Five of them are going to be traditional. Ten of them were digital. You know, that's how yeah. we kind of had it set up, I think. And so the but I but, think that's a good a good ratio. But the percentage too. of the business coming in was mostly from Jamie getting out there and shaking hands. Yeah. Now, what they what we what you can't really track is it when they go on the site that everything's clean. So it has to give that overall feel and it ha everything has to be, everything ha matters, yeah. you know, that's out there publicly. Well, I, you know, I can, I can be in, involved in every organization in, in the city. Um, but if, if somebody comes to my website and they can't figure out what it is that I do or it looks <laughs> right. like crap, then, right. then yeah. really they're not, they're not going to really trust that I can provide a service that I've been telling them I can. Yeah. So, I, and that's that's the big thing, and that's what I knew I needed help in from the beginning was making sure that in an industry that's just toilets, yeah. my website created this image of something that was just different. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that's that's one of the reasons. If you, I mean, I'll encourage anybody if you if you Google you know portable restroom trailers, you'll find some websites. Some of them look good, um, but you'll see what I mean. Not many, yeah. not many. We looked at a lot. <laughs> 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 I I try to find a lot outside of the southeast. Just 
because I'll if, sometimes when if it's a local business or a local startup or something, I'll go. What are what is a company in Seattle or San Francisco or Denver doing? Yeah, you, you look know, at the, those larger markets. The, but but more like um, the smarter cities. I'm not like what's Fresno up to. I'm like <laughs> wha- what you know. What are the more progressive uh, cities doing with yeah. the, this stuff? And it's really, it, it's funny. There's not. It's a there's a big gap and uh, it's. It's almost nervous too because it's like, well, shit, we realized something great here. We gotta aggressively move, and that's where we'll probably end this episode and then have you back. Who knows? A couple, four, well, three, six, four. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask Jamie to kind of uh, to kind of wrap things up a little bit is, you know, if there is a potential client out there uh, listening or um, a customer of a client, someone who maybe is going to a festival or going to a wedding. Um, you know, what's something you want them to know about Waterloo ro- washrooms, whether, um, you know, they're thinking about using you guys as a service or if it's somebody who's actually physically taking a whiz in, in, in your restrooms. You know, what is something you'd, you'd like people to know about Waterloo? What about the guy I caught was like, he didn't know I, I knew anything about Waterloo when we had the pig jig festival. It was like country concert. And this drunk guy comes in. He was like, man, these things fucking awesome <laughs> like, this is so goddamn cool like, it's so funny i was like laughing my ass off taking a piss uh, but yeah what what i guess what would you uh what would you tell someone a potential someone well i guess first of all you know i spent a, a lot of time researching what manufacturer of these trailers uh to use and that was that was a huge part of the the initial um you know startup time and i and i found what is the industry leader and they're actually a startup themselves. It was, it was a guy who worked for a big company that makes uh, various types of trailers for um, multiple industries. And he saw a need uh, to create something that was newer and fresher and, and uh, more contemporary. And that's what he's done. Uh, that company is Jag Mobile Solutions uh, out of Gary, Indiana. Hmm. And they're a really cool company and, and their products are uh, the best on the market. So to answer your question, I can I can stand here and and tell anybody that I I know my restrooms are the nicest most luxurious restroom trailers on the market. Mm. Um, they're and that's powerful to be able to do. It, yeah. They're not cheap. Yeah, but that's what I was willing to pay for is the comfort knowing that I know that nobody has nicer restrooms than I do. Right. In it based in Tampa. And that's going to be reciprocated in the experience that the customer's getting. Right. Because I can't be there to spray cologne on people and, and <laughs> hand, out, hand out now and later. So, I mean, it has to be something that everybody walks in is is wowed. Yeah. And I knew that the only way I could do that was buying the the nicest one available because that's, that is my image. That's my branding. Yeah. I mean, that's a standard that's set high and usually, you know, it's something that I don't want to, you know, you know, go with a quote or anything, but you know, if you if you set your sights high and you don't hit your sights that you've set, at least you're still up there, right? If you fall a little bit short, you're still up there, and that's one of the things I, I think that's important. And it seems like you guys are hitting those standards that you've set for yourself, and I, I think it's awesome. I think the whole idea of having a luxury mobile washroom for people and restroom for them to use is something that it's one of those things when you hear about it, you just kind of sit back and you're like, God damn, you're like, how the hell did I not think of that? Well, it's. What we could have done is go find a couple of used trailers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could have, that would have been obviously much cheaper to start out. Right. But it, then we would have been in a constant battle over, um, you know, how nice they are and trying to, you know, prove to people that they're nice. Yeah. They, they clearly weren't. Yeah. And, and we just wouldn't have had the image and branding that we do. 
I think it's it, or at least it wouldn't have matched what we've created from right. the branding side. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that uh, that was extremely important to make sure that that was the same across the board. The customer experience yeah. needs to be kind of similar throughout. It can't be like, well, I saw a different one. <laughs> this one was good. This the one you gave me. I got a limit. Yeah, it's not. That? It's not like flying American Airlines. You get a plane from like the the seventies or eighties. You're like, what the? Where's where yeah. are the new planes at? You well, know, it's, it's all the uh, same across the board. It, there needed to be consistency. Yeah. And and there's I I know that there are quite a few companies out there across the country that, you know, when they when they go on uh, on their website, they have a picture of their quote unquote fleet, mm-hmm. and a lot of the pictures may not even be. That's not what their shows trailers. up. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And that's absolutely not the case with us. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good place to, to, to leave it at uh, for, for this episode. And I know we've loved having you on. We'll, we'll have to have you back. It goes by quick, um, man. Yeah. But what, where can people find you guys? Where can people find Waterloo Washrooms? Uh, it's www.waterloowashrooms.com. Uh, W-A-T-E-R-L-O-O Washrooms. Uh, you know, you can find us on Facebook as well. And, um, you know, as we're, we are in a kind of a scaling and growth phase. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be doing some new, some new stuff, uh, with some other some uh, stuff we can't mention, but uh, that's why I was saying maybe three, four, six months. That's from why now, we'll have, we'll have you on. back and uh, and kind of kind of go back and see f- from right now what what has transpired transpired. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We want to we want to give another shout out to uh, Urban uh, Resto, who is our show sponsor. Um, Jordan Long with Urban Resto. You guys check them out. Um, it's urbanresto.com or facebook.com slash Urban Resto Furniture. Um, give them a look if you guys are looking for some good quality furniture, either a farm table for the dining room, um, a desk for the office, or you've got an actual office um, or a restaurant space that needs tables, that needs cabinets, that needs any kind of word- woodwork. Uh, make sure you check them out. Show them some love. Show us some love. Go on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Five-star rating. Um, and that pretty much wraps it up. Law, you got anything? That's it, man. Uh, yeah, if you made it this far... Uh, go out, reach out to a friend that you've talked to that's like wants to do a startup, doesn't know how. Uh, and I'm saying just go, hey, check this podcast out yeah. and then follow up three days later because it's all about follow up. That's kind of what I got out of this episode that reminded me about that. But follow up with them a couple of days later. Hey, did you get to listen to that? And see if they did and see how. And if they didn't, you just give them a flare chop to the chest and woo! Boom! Boom! <laughs>